Welcome to this episode of Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today we're going to talk about Janet Jackson's son of a gun. My name is Courtney and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam. So Cam, we got a lot to talk about, so let's just jump right in. You and I haven't talked since Janet released that clip on Michael's 60th birthday. Yes, the very remember the time like video where she's sitting on that throne and holding court, tapping those nails, waiting to be entertained. Yeah, that one. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting her to do something like that, but I'm so glad she did it because she had one of my uh, internet favorites, Quay on there, dancing. And so it just to me was like, yeah, Janet still got Mike's back. Of course, she always has and always will. But I was like, totally wasn't expecting it, but totally was hyped to see her do it. So, you know, in a couple of interviews after that video was released, Janet said that the video was not a tribute to Michael Jackson or a reference to Remember the Time in any way. Oh, no way. Uh-uh. I'm, I'm actually hurt by that because that was such a good clip. I think she said that Quay came up with the concept and it was because of the African vibe in May for now. I bet Quay thought he was making a Remember the Time tribute. <laughs> I, I bet everything I got. <laughs> to be honest, I was more impressed. When I thought it was a tribute, I really liked it as an homage, especially around Mike's 60th birthday. But otherwise, I didn't really love it. Oh, I guess we're going to have to disagree. Janet looks great. I -hmm. love the theory. I love the concept. Mm -hmm. I was not entertained at all. Really? No. I liked it. Well, I think that's fair. And I'm glad you did. And that's kind of my point. Like, everything isn't for everyone. And I Mm -hmm. like that her team is... You know, they're really trying some different things. And I think Mm -hmm. initially when I saw it, I came to it with a kind of a jaded lens because Mm -hmm. like she's got some of the social media influencers in there and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. And I thought to myself, like, I don't want to ever see her chasing a trend like Janet sets trends. Mm -hmm. And I never want to see her chasing a trend. So like just attaching to who's hot is never going to be something I'm overly excited about. Mm hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, you got to do new things for a new time. And so this is what people are doing. This is how folks interact on social media. These are the people they recognize. They're they're trying to be in all the right places, right? Like the videos on Instagram, videos on Facebook, like they're doing all the right things for this time. And so as a fan, maybe that's not for me, but it could be for that new fan who doesn't know Janet Jackson, but who now knows her because they saw this so I was just like I gotta separate the two so like I appreciate that they're going after different markets and doing different things and it was what it was so I'm not mad about it did I have to watch it again nope but I appreciate that it exists well I gave it six views you gave it six views good job good job (laughs) so between the two of us that's three and a half (laughs) three and a half each (laughs) so let's talk quickly about the BMI performances. Um, yes. Yeah, so they weren't televised, but thankfully Janet's team was live streaming the event. So we got to see quite special performance dedicated for Janet Jackson. Yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. They did a pretty good job. Yeah, Janet said it was the best tribute she ever had. Mm, <laughs> I don't want to say the best, <laughs> but I definitely feel like the performance by Normandy was one of my favorites. I think she killed it. 
pleasure principle. Yeah, she did. I really liked Normani and I really liked uh, her. And I know that Janet hand selected her to be a part of the tribute. And to be honest, I enjoyed her rendition of Black Cat more than I enjoyed I mean, he plays, although both were phenomenal. Yeah. When she came out, played Black Cat on that guitar. I was like, yeah, this is what a tribute yeah. should be. That's why Janet gave her her blessing. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Also, I was fond of the uh, 411 dance troupe. I think they did a great job, too. I really enjoyed this tribute, one, because it was really folks who really loved Janet and they were really good. I especially liked uh, Justine. I thought she did a great job on Let's Wait a While. Yeah, she was all right. <laughs> But you know what I would say is this kind of highlights the greatness of Janet because as good as people were, like we didn't even mention Tiana Taylor and Tiana Taylor worked with Sean, you know, Janet's old dancer, Sean at Hurt to choreograph her portion of the tribute. Uh That just goes to tell you like they were all so good. They just weren't Janet. Right. It is impossible to imitate Janet Jackson and look as smooth as she does and sound the way that she does. And that's not to take away from what they delivered because they were so good. Now, can I be honest a little bit? What is it? Jesse. Oh, no. <laughs> what you No. You know, I don't want to criticize him because he's actually is a good artist. He's the only reason why I watch Empire. Mm-hmm. No offense. But I think that's the way love goes is such a signature song. And I have to remember that there's really not a whole lot of dance moves with that song but i just felt like it was kind of one of those ones where i was like "Mm," i played it twice and was like okay (laughs) yeah i mean i enjoyed jesse he was super enthusiastic the only thing i would say is like he was uber bouncy (laughs) he was so bouncy um but i don't have anything that's bad to say about him like kudos to jesse man he came out there and he did bravo to everyone who did the tribute all right so we do have another thing to talk about that, you know, I'm going to try to try to try to not be so angry. We had a couple texts going back and forth this week. Uh, this Bobby Brown. Bobby! <laughs> this, Bobby! This Bobby Brown situation. <laughs> you know, the Bobby Brown biopic aired this week. Mm-hmm. I was going back and forth over whether I was going to watch it, and I did not. Um, But I did hear plenty about it, so I am going to catch it this weekend. But tell me what you thought. What's your thoughts around this whole situation of Bobby's, uh, I'm calling it his imaginary romantic relationship with Janet Jackson (laughs) um, that he portrayed in his film. Uh, But what are your thoughts around this whole situation? Well, I did watch it. And it was actually an okay movie to me. Not as good as the new edition one. But when it comes to just about the Bobby and Janet relationship, I think Bobby does have a huge crush that still lingers on today for Janet. Mm -hmm. In a way, I feel like he used her name to make sure that we would watch because we know that the Jackson name gets your attention. Mm -hmm. Do I believe everything that he said as far as him kicking her out of this hotel room? I think that might have been exaggerated a little bit. I think Bobby, you know, his memory might not be the best. (laughs) And people are like digging up old clips of him talking about Janet. But there's no real, you know, real evidence that, hey, they really had a fling. But Bobby had to do something to make sure you watch. And what other names to use other than Janet? I was a little disappointed in BET for allowing that. So I'm going to frame it this way. I don't believe everything in there to be true. In fact, I believe most of it is probably fiction. This is the same guy who told us he had sex with a ghost. So I got to take it with a grain of salt. (laughs) Anything that he says. And I can also remember being like, I remember this time when all of these rumors were floating around Janet Jackson and Bobby Brown. So I want to come back to that. 
But the thing that I would say is if this is your biopic and <laughs> I haven't seen it in its totality, so I've only know of portions, but it seems like a lot that actually happened in his life as far as like family members and death and dealing with all of that was like condensed to like 20 minutes. But you gave like a whole mm-hmm. half a show to a relationship that a woman won't even claim with you. <laughs> so that was weird to me. Like if that is the balance of like the importance of events in your life. So I wonder if that was driven by him or if that was driven by the network to say, hey, we need a little more drama. We need to have some appeal. Um, but the one thing around that that really frustrated me was it seems like no one ever acts to protect Janet Jackson's legacy or a Jackson legacy to begin with. It seems like we feel like they are fair game to tear down at any turn. Mm-hmm. And I don't get mm-hmm. it. Like we stand the most unproblematic legend ever. Like she doesn't come for anybody. She doesn't create any unnecessary drama. There's so little negativity around her it seems like we would want to protect her protect her image protect her reputation protect her as an icon and a legend but we don't do that even our own outlets our own media frequently go after her just for clicks or for retweets or whatever like essence was piling on bt's piling on ebony's piling on it's (laughs) like i don't get what we're doing here but okay aside from that (laughs) i gotta go back to what i remember from the time of this rumor and we shouldn't pretend Uh like Bobby Brown was, I mean, yeah, he was a crackhead, but Bobby Brown was the man. <laughs> yes, he was. When the, all of this was going on, okay? Like, I can still do all the moves to every little step I take. Unfortunately, I can't. <laughs> so, Bobby Brown was the man. Right. So, if it happened, it's not like gross. Like, it's not that way at all. But I will say, I remember the people keep posting that Fresh magazine, and I have that Fresh magazine still. And first of all, there's no references to a relationship. But I do remember reading around that time that both Bobby Brown's management team and record label and Janet Jackson's management team and record label were really trying to figure out how they could use each other to boost their reputation. So Bobby needed to have like this rehabilitation, the bad boy of R&B. And they were trying to get Janet to appear edgier. And so one of the ways they did that was by throwing that joint party, which is what you see on the cover of that fresh magazine. Get They were just doing everything they could to get them in the same spaces at the same time so that people would start talking. Yeah. So could that have become a relationship or was there a relationship there already? I don't know. It wasn't there. Um, but I do know that there was like a lot of effort to create this cloud. And even at the time, we know that Renee was in the picture at the time that um, fresh magazine happened. Mm-hmm. But there was like a lot of effort to create this cloud of like, could there be something? Couldn't there be something? Um, and just to kind of use each other's celebrity and popularity to kind of bolster both of their careers. So could there be truth to it? There could. I don't know. Um, but what I would say is I thought it was an unfair depiction Um And for so long for it to be represented as such a a broad portion of his life story um, without feedback or whatever from the other party being represented. Everybody has the right to tell their own story. Bobby Brown certainly has the right to tell his own story, but it just felt a little lopsided. So that's (laughs) Yeah. And just to say this right here, it's just kind of interesting that he had a a marriage to Whitney Houston, but to make it sell, to make you really watch it, 
he had to include Janet's name. So I just felt like he used Janet's name as a way to just make sure he gets yeah, numbers, I get the numbers. And I'm like, and even if it's true, I was like, I got a question. Like, dude, you've been sprung for 30 years. Like, what? <laughs> for happened? a long time. <laughs> what happened? And, of and you haven't watched the movie yet, but in the movie, he claims that the song Rock With You, which is one of my which classic slow jams to play. Mm-hmm. But when he says my angel, he's referring to Janet. I'm like, if this really actually happened, and Janet put it on you like that right. to dedicate a whole song and to pull up with a brand new car. <laughs> but even for 30, 30 years, like for 30 years, bro, 30 you years. Been- I'm like, wow, what is that? <laughs> That's that moth to the flame burned by the fire. <laughs> All right. Ooh. So let's leave that where it is and let's talk. It's buried. Let's talk about this Les Moonves. I don't want to spend a lot of time here because you and I go back and forth all the time over the Super Bowl and the impact. And I'm still having conversations with black folks who say, well, Everybody's time ends. I don't know if that was a truly a big impact on her career. You know, stars fade, blah, 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 blah. And I'm constantly in conversations. I was in one yesterday. Like, nope, nope, nope. That is not exactly the case. (laughs) This was a concerted effort to ensure that her success was snuffed out and that we damaged her legacy. So we now have confirmation. I read the article on Hoverton Post about the fact that the head honcho at CBS had bullseye on Janet's career just because uh, once the Super Bowl incident went down, he felt like Janet wasn't remorseful enough, wasn't crying enough tears, wasn't, I guess you want to say, kissing enough butt. Mm -hmm. Janet did apologize. Mm -hmm. But in his head, because he's this big guy at this big network, he felt like Janet just didn't buy that. Yeah. She apologized privately to him and publicly. Yes. And I remember the public apology, which um, Moonves's, so Les Moonves's, who we're talking about, the honcho at CBS, and his wife, Julie Chen, mm-hmm. claimed over and over on the talk that Janet did not apologize. And we know she apologized publicly. And I remember it mostly because... I had a class, I had a psychology class, and my professor played it as an example of body language incongruence. And basically, yes, girl, I was heated. I could have burned that class to the ground. He he wasn't wrong, though, if I'm being honest, because his example was um, when your mouth says something, but your body disagrees. And so he played her apology in our class. And you could see uh-huh. that she was, it was very painful for her to say the words that she was saying. Like she really was not believing those words. And she shouldn't have believed those words because you shouldn't have to apologize for one, something that was a mistake. Two, right. um, because the world saw something that everybody on earth has and some animals have eight of. So I don't understand (laughs) what the big deal was to begin with from that standpoint. They went out of their way. And in my opinion, they had the powers that control the universe had been looking for ways, reasons to tear down the Jackson family, the Jackson legacy. And this was just an opportunity that they could not pass up. And they latched on to it and held on to it. And in fact, seven years later, when Janet Jackson went to get that book deal for her book, True You, Les Moonves was upset even still because he couldn't believe that someone from a Viacom company would do business with Janet Jackson. So this is proof 
And we all knew. Yeah, we knew. For what I didn't know was that there was a lingering, you know, seven years later, bro, and you still trying to ruin her career. By the way, sir, you're, mm-hmm. you're a sexual predator. Currently, CBS is after you for your behavior with many women in your domain and your attempts to squash other women's careers because either they spurned you sexually or whatever. And you are the arbiter of who is apologetic enough. Like you are the keeper of that. I don't think so. And I just want to say this. What really frustrates me about the article just now being released is now this comes out out because they're trying to oust him. They're trying to get rid of him. And I understand people like couldn't come forward because he had so much power. But someone should have spoke up earlier than this. It should have came out earlier because... Janet's career took a huge hit. Yes. And she's a human being. People forget that. Yes. This really hurt her. Like, not her career. This hurt her. Her. Yeah. And, I mean, the tape there of her apologizing, do you know how much pressure was on her? How many times she had to keep saying, this was not a publicity stunt. I didn't do this for ratings. I didn't do this for money. It was an honest mistake. And nobody believes her. Believe Janet. She wouldn't do nothing like this. Yeah, I'm glad that it's finally out. I'm glad that the world yes. can read it and see it. It is kind of interesting that it's like buttressed in this weird week of like everyone um glamming <laughs> on to this Bobby Brown story. And then we've got on the other hand, we've got the Les Moon Vest story. And I was like, this is the week of uh discovering how trash men really have been to Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right all right so let's get into this yeah let's get into it so this week we're talking about son of a gun oh yes son of a gun (laughs) (laughs) so this song was released december 11th 2001 it was the third single off of the all for you album and it was written and produced by janet jimmy and terry with additional lyrics by the legend carly simon herself yeah so this song was built around a sample from 1972's you're so vain which was a pretty popular carly simon song but it doesn't actually lift the melody from carly's song Mm-mm. the song pretty much talks about the person who's trying to extort janet pockets like they say in 2001 (laughs) (laughs) yeah so let's talk about these lyrics what's your favorite line cuz my line was you got a sleazy one track mind right 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 and missy also had a good line too when she say um miss for me you gonna be broke (laughs) you know right yes my favorite line is from missy (laughs) no fair when missy says you ain't want me anyway you wanted to be me I was like, that, that hurts. <laughs> and then the other one came from Janet, and she said, I'd rather keep the trash and throw you out. Dang. I was like, y'all really hurting people's feelings right now. <laughs> like, As we said in the Gulf Coast, that crawfish trash. <laughs> <laughs> so you rather have that. <laughs> she was out to cut somebody. I think the line everybody remembers is, ha ha, thought you get the money too. <laughs> Greedy, greedy, greedy. Trying to have a cake and eat it too. <laughs> I think that's the line that everybody remembers. Some of them remember it with the MF instead of the three greedies, which was the radio edit. <laughs> <laughs> so when this all came out, everybody was trying to figure out who it was about. You know who I think is about. I think it's about the ex named R. 
E N E. Yeah. I still think it's about him as well. Now, you know, Janet likes to play coy. She'll never say exactly who a song is about. Um, in fact, when she was asked about it, she said, everybody says that. But everyone says, I know it's about Renee. It's about a few people that have entered and exited my life. Well, the reason why everybody pointed to Renee, remember, their divorce got a little, got a little nasty. Yeah, it was a little heated. Yeah. Uh, and also, too, it was fresh, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this was basically the first music she put out following the divorce. So, of course, we always are accustomed to basically whatever happened most recently in Janet's life is what we're used to hearing about on the album. Mm-hmm. And so... Quite naturally, we would make the connection that this song's about him. But she said it's about a few people. Like, you've had more than one person yeah. <laughs> that deserved this song. Yeah, because now I'm thinking about DeBarge, looking at James DeBarge like yeah. you're crazy right now. I'm like, man, <laughs> my girl done had a rough go at it. But I think that's one thing about Makes Janet Human is that her fact that her love life is similar to ours in a way, except she has more money than us. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, she probably has said to herself, why did I even try? <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad that she does try. And I'm, I hope she tries again because I really, I just want her to have somebody that deserves her, man. That's all I want. That's what I want. Yeah. And I found out a cool fact about this song. I found out that Janet actually personally called Carly and asked for permission to use the sample um, of her song, You're So Vain. So I think that was cool for her to reach out to her personally. Right. And what they ended up doing was re-recording some of the vocals uh, at Carly's suggestion. She wanted to put a fresh spin on things. And rumor has it, too, that there might have been some hangups with, like, getting clearances and things for the sample. So they avoided some of the long wait times by re-recording some of the things. I don't know if that's exactly true, but I do know that even though the lyrics are are mostly the same, um, Carly does do them again, and she does them again in a different rhythm. So... Like the song You're So Vain is is singing. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. Carly Simon is a singer. And then on this track, Son of a Gun, it's more of a like, I'm not going to exactly call it a rap. We're going to say more like spoken word, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of like when Gia Scott first did her CD. She had a couple of songs where she was actually doing more spoken words. So, yeah, it had that more of a feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also has Missy. Missy. This was probably the beginning of the sistership. Yes. This is the first yes. time we see them and hear them together. And it is one of those things where you didn't know that you needed this. They go together so well. I think she needed Missy on this song because honestly, when I think of Missy and Janet, I always think of this song. Yeah. And even now, I've went back and watched clips of when Janet did her tribute for Missy and how genuine it was and how Missy was just boohooing, mm-hmm. like, like I just won a million dollars again. <laughs> so you could tell it's a true, you know, it's a, it was a, a real friendship, a real sisterhood. Yes, yes. And so this was their first time working together. And it was the first time that um, I think this was definitely the beginning of something beautiful. Right. But can I talk about that Diddy remix? You can talk about it. <laughs> For real. That P. Diddy mix is the reason why I actually listened to Son of a Gun. Because his remix was like a total flip of the original. I think it's one of his best remixes that he's ever done. And even with Missy, he kept Missy on it. And then he put his little spin I really love the remix more than I do the original. Okay. Well, that's fair. So I definitely enjoy Diddy's verse. Because his his 
he doesn't have a huge part in the song, <laughs> but his he does add a lot of flavor. Yes. Um, <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> so I will agree with you on that. I don't I don't know if I can say which version I like the best. Maybe I do like I think I like the original track. I want them to put Diddy's verse on the original track. Uh-uh, I think no. I like the original track better. Flag on the play. Let, let did it because when did it that, that boom, da, boom, da, boom, da, boom. I'm dancing now. I'm His is that. definitely so bouncy. Like I can, I almost turn into total when it comes on, and my shoulders and my knees get to hopping. I'm telling you, that remix is the bomb. I guess, I guess, I guess. So I'm, I'll give it to you. I don't know if that I have a true preference, but I do think that maybe I like the original track a little bit more. Um, and I do agree with you as well that Missy and Diddy kind of made this song. Um, without them, this song would have been a struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to the original Carly Simons, Your Sylvain song, and I, yeah, I was just like, mm. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I do like the original. I do. It's not as good as this one, but I do like the original. And I you think, barely got that out. <laughs> I think what is a struggle for me is I'm not sure how I feel about the spoken word delivery of Carly on this track. And it's been years. This song was out in 2001. And I am still very much undecided. Like, I am not 100% sure I'm comfortable with the delivery. And I have a confession. <laughs> What's when, that? I when I first heard this song, I thought it was Michael talking. And so when I replayed it again, just to refresh my memory, I still was like, is this Michael? <laughs> Wait a minute. I just want to make sure I'm understanding correctly. You thought yes. that Carly Simon was yeah. Michael Jackson. I'm not the only person because if you check some YouTube clips, comments, people, so there's some other people that thought I don't it was know. Michael too. I don't know. I feel like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might be on this island alone. <laughs> I ain't by, I'm not by myself on that <laughs> island. I got about 10 or 20 other people with me. Wow. Well, let's yeah. move on from there. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about kind of the reception of this song and its times. It was a little icy. It was it was a little it was mixed. It was mixed. Icy. Okay, to a certain extent. <laughs> so, let's start with the good. So, the New York Post reviewed the song and uh, said the track will be remembered as one of the highlights from the album. Yeah. Dude from Slant Magazine considered the song the album's biggest misstep. He likened it to a car wreck, impossible not to be horrified, yet strangely intrigued, and called Simon's spoken word verses embarrassing. Probably because he thought it was Michael Jackson. It's probably not. That's probably not the reason. <laughs> but then Billboard came through. So I read the Billboard magazine from that um, week. So November 24, 2001. And I love that. Like Billboard still has so much stuff online. So when I was reading the magazine, I was reading specifically for uh, the review of Son of the Gun. And they said it was likely to be a hit with a bullet across the board. Um, but the other thing that was pretty cool about it, too, was in that same section was do you know who michael 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 jackson was in the section as well 
Um, and they were talking about the song Butterfly. So I didn't recall, but those two songs were out right at the same time. Uh, Michael Jackson's Butterfly ended up peaking at number 14. And one thing caught my eye, the review of that song said, the song never seems to crescendo and fades out before anything exciting happens. Ooh. Yeah, I thought that was kind of rude. I love Butterflies. That's my jam. It's so soothing. That is always on my playlist. Like, Mike was doing something. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the video, because for me, this is one of those songs where the video definitely sticks with me more than the song. Um, Yeah, the music video was directed by Francis Lawrence, and he has Janet walking through a hotel stalking a man. I don't think Janet would have done that in real life, but she was stalking a man. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> She's trying to really picture Janet walking through a hotel, swinging a bat, talking about, what's up? No, I don't think she would stalk somebody through a hotel, but I just feel like we are not giving her enough credit for, I'm trying to figure out what the word I want to use, but Janet got a little hood in her. <laughs> and I feel like we don't give her enough credit for that. <laughs> Hey, she like, from Gary. She from Gary, Indiana. She gonna handle her business. <laughs> I just feel that strongly. Yeah, she um, Joe Youngest girl, <laughs> right? And you know her dad quick to talk about how she was always fighting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the Millennium Biltmore Hotel in downtown Los Angeles, I yes. uh, What three words would you use to describe this video? Angry, mm-hmm. spiteful, <laughs> and swinging. So you just gonna keep saying the same thing, cause that's all she was doing. <laughs> I would agree with your words. I think, um, but when I think of this video, I just thought weird and kind of creepy and um, kind of sci-fi-ish to a certain extent. But the way the video is set up, it starts. It's a flashback. So when it opens, you see Janet and she's like standing over the dude. And he's got like makeup on his face and you're, he, she's standing over the guy in the parking lot and she's holding a baseball bat. And then she releases like this kind of demonic laugh. <laughs> and then on the screen, we see four minutes earlier. So right off the top, we see a fire performance from Missy Elliott. Yeah. And clearly you disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they were trying to use what Missy energy and what she does and was doing was doing in her projects and kind of put put their spin on it to give it to Janet. And I don't think at times it worked that good. How many times are we going to see Missy jump on a countertop, tabletop, a chair? By this point, it was kind of played out for Missy to me. And I think they try to force that into this video, and it just didn't have that right connection with me. For me, it worked because. It was signature Missy. <laughs> and that's kind of what you want when you get a person like Missy. Um, but I see what you're saying. You you feel like it was forced into the video. Yeah. I would have preferred her sitting in a chair just when she raps through her part. Like she kind of cheering Janet on a little bit more, more in the background with it than just all eccentric. I don't know, though, because one of my favorite parts of the whole video is when Janet and Missy are coming down the hall together lockstep. You know, Janet doing that walk, that famous yeah. walk that she does. And then Missy With right there abs. beside her. And sometimes it's like that, right? Like sometimes you got to get your girl and you got to go straighten some things out. 
uh oh, do, do have you had to do this before? <laughs> I've seen it. I've heard it's been done. I've seen it. I've heard tell of it. That's all don't, I really know. Nah, but sometimes y'all got to straighten things out. <laughs> don't hide that Detroit. Come on, let it out. I've never had to do it. I just drive by the house and just try to report what I see. <laughs> but uh, you didn't hear that from me. No, we didn't hear that. That's a secret. Yeah, that's a secret. So I'll say, when I was listening to this song, the video, like the visuals that we get, they are not what I expected. Like, I got to be honest, wasn't expecting zombies. <laughs> no. <I'm sorry. laughs> they did seem kind of out of place. Yeah. That to me was bizarre. Like, I truly enjoyed this video. And I actually enjoyed it more with these fresh eyes than I did in 2001. Because I think in 2001, I was just like, huh. But now that I'm watching it and realizing where we are today with videos, nobody is telling the story. Nobody's telling the concept. So even though this seemed disconnected, like, I don't know how we got the zombies in this Mm-mm. you don't I, roll up with just zombies you don't yeah, roll I don't, up with zombies I don't zombies. know how we got to that um, but at least there was a story right like it seems it, we don't do that much anymore these days no. and so I had a, a, a an appreciation for it from that perspective <laughs> no you just grab a whole bunch of people now and say we're gonna shoot a video okay right. <laughs> yeah so this video had all kinds of stuff. Like in one scene, Jan is eating a spider. And then in the next scene, the dude coughs up the spider. Um, mm. There was like all of this telekinesis or like people are controlling the guy that she's rolling up on. Like mm-hmm. at one point, the zombies are kind of controlling his body. They're And like all sorts of just weirdness. Like I don't. <laughs> it didn't make sense. <laughs> You know, it was just so much. There's like the scene where she's walking through the kitchen and she's holding the bat. Yeah. The bat is the only thing that made sense. <laughs> but it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Because I don't know if you noticed, but when she walks through the kitchen holding the bat, she drops the bat. And then she swings with just her hands and all the water jugs break. Huh. She's not even holding the bat at that point. <laughs> And another thing I noticed from this video is there's a trend. Like all these videos in the 2000s to like 2005, what was up with the fedoras and the denim? Destiny's Child had denim. TLC had a video with denim. Sunshine Anderson had denim. And a lot of glittery accessories, like a lot of bedazzled. It was a lot. This was the time of like over-accessorizing. Yeah. Tassels on everything <laughs> and fur and feathers and just, we were doing a lot. We were doing a lot. We were doing too much. <laughs> I admit it. We were doing too much. <laughs> but you know what my favorite part of this video is? When dude is in the bathroom, like he's mm-hmm. on the toilet, and she just yeah. show up. Like she on his lap. <laughs> and she. <laughs> you can't run from Janet. I don't even know how they got out the bathroom. Like just next thing you know, he was in the car. <laughs> You're not helping with the case of this being a great video. You know that, right? You Nobody said that. First of all, why are you putting words in people's mouths? I said, you said, compared to the videos we see now, I have a great appreciation for this video. And I do think it tells a very interesting story. Like I, and I heard somebody say it was an American horror story before American horror story. And I was like, I feel like that's an accurate description. Like it was definitely visionary. (laughs) It just felt like (laughs) you're struggling. (laughs) Look, look, listen, listen, I'm trying. (laughs) 
She really tried to save this video and can't save it. Don't save her. She don't want to be saved. <laughs> it was definitely visionary. It just felt like it with the kind of sci-fi elements, it didn't necessarily make a, I, I just think it was too much happening. So like we already got Carly doing this weird thing. Then we got Missy <laughs> And, and now we got zombies and then like Janet's rapping then singing a lot was happening and then just in silos the pieces are fine except for maybe Carly like separately all the pieces are fine except for Carly I felt like the video was doing too much six or seven things too and then the song itself was doing at least four things and then we had a puffy so it was doing five and i just felt like a lot was happening and it was almost sensory overload <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about this live performance <laughs> yes so the only live performance that we have i think is from the All For You tour, the performance in Hawaii. Yeah. I remember that. That was the big HBO special. It was. And I hate to admit this if I'm trying to be a real Janet Jackson fan, but I never saw it. What? I saw it for the first time. I looked up that performance when we decided we were going to talk about this song. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> I didn't remember this performance. I did have to Google this performance but i just always remember the famous would you mind with the boy on the stage freaking out about right. the yeah so then i had to just watch the whole thing again see i've <laughs> seen bits and pieces because i've seen that bit but i don't mm -hmm. think i've ever seen the whole thing and i'm gonna attribute it to being in transition at this time so this is like i had just moved out of my parents house and i was on my oh, own okay. and i did not have hbo <laughs> oh yeah and this was before torrents i don't know yeah about there that. wasn't nowhere yeah. to go like go online and get it yeah we couldn't stream it <laughs> yeah so i missed it and for the longest this was hbo's biggest live concert ratings wise like janet blew it out of the park Man, I wish I could have helped. But anyways, this <laughs> so this performance starts with Carly on the big screens. And it's just, why you start laughing? Starts with Carly on the screen doing her spoken word. Okay. So Missy comes up through the floor in that blue jean jacket and matching jeans. Yes, there was a lot of denim. I feel like she had denim scarves, denim earrings. <laughs> She probably had denim draws. It was a lot of denim. Missy does her rap, hits her mark, and she leaves the stage. <laughs> Listen, Missy came up through the floor, just came. murdered it, then just went on back down through the floor. Went her all denim. <laughs> yes. So after Missy leaves, Janet basically is just like, the rest of the song, she's just like abusing all of the male dancers. She's pushing them, shoving them basically between uh the dance breaks there's not a lot of dancing but around the minute and 45 mark there's this spin that's perfection janet jackson okay. smooth as water for real i caught that spin i watched it a couple times like she was <laughs> ice dancing <laughs> <laughs> all right nessie kerrigan <laughs> but for real so there isn't a lot of dancing but there is a lot of crotch grabbing I feel like dudes yeah. are grabbing their crotches. Jan is grabbing their crotches. Jan is grabbing her own crotches. It's just a lot of crotches. <laughs> also, there's parts where it looks like someone is going downtown. <laughs> two two folks are going downtown. This, <laughs> this was a group effort. <laughs> yes. So I, 
Listen, I enjoyed the performance. It was really good. I didn't think it was definitely entertaining. Definitely told a story. Um, I really loved the way that they used Missy and how she made her entrance and her exit. Um, it was good. And when I watched the performance, I think it was more of just one of those songs that she used to maybe cool down a little bit, like catch her breath mm-hmm. without making the crowd go dead or anything like that. Because you always want to keep your artist entertained. So, yeah. And I'm I'm kind of disappointed that I've never seen this song live. So I think this may be the only tour that she performed that song on. And I mm. feel like it's, she's got the ability to tell a really fun story. You know how sometimes she tells visual stories or how we see what about in that capacity. Mm. And maybe that's why she doesn't because she does a full on like acting out of what about. Because I can see mm-hmm. this song being kind of acted out on stage but yes i've never seen it live today was my first time seeing uh even seeing the performance on the offer you tour so i enjoyed it i mean this probably is not one of my favorite songs um in Mm -hmm. fact it was the lowest charting single for janet since 1983 really it made its number 28 i think that what i read was like the last time she charted that low was don't stand another chance which one was that was that dream street yeah yeah So that was that. So, yeah. So, I mean, again, I was glad to revisit this song. Sometimes, you know, you listen to the same songs and you forget about other songs. And this is a fun song. Like, I don't have, I mean, I do have some complaints about it. Again, too much was happening. I can can still enjoy it. And, like, when it comes on in the car, I can still rock out for a few minutes and just have a good time. I would put it square in the middle of the repertoire. Like, it's not the worst. It's not the best. It's definitely not the worst. Yeah, it's not something that I would put on at a party or anything like that. I mean, this would probably be more of like a workout song. Okay, okay, okay. All right. I'm not raving about it. Well, clearly. Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) But that remix, though. That remix, though. Take that, take that. All right, so let's get to our game. Gay time. Is it time for a game? Cause it's time for a game. This week we are going to attempt to do the match game. So this is the game where. You and I try to answer questions the way we think Janet would answer the question and see if we match. Yes. Though we have not been successful in the past, this could be our day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the first question that we asked was, if Janet could work as an assistant to anyone for a day, who would she choose? And you said Obama. Yeah, that would be the awesome job. Because he cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Plus, you know, Michelle going to be there. Then you might run into Sasha. Come on. Look like you'll have a good time. Can you see Janet walking around with a little pin pad with Obama? Yes, Obama. Where would you like for me to get you? <laughs> would you like some water? We got some water. <laughs> I just thought Obama would be a cool choice. That is funny. So I, I, that is not what I said. You said Mr. Tyler Perry. Yes, I did. Why Tyler, though? Because she's worked with him before. Which is why I almost didn't put that. But the reason that I chose him is because a long time ago, she said that she would like to direct. So I thought maybe she would like to, you know, shadow my director for a day and go through the day-to-day routine of a director. 
um, and that kind of thing. So I picked Tyler Perry because they already have an established relationship and um, it made sense. Yes, yes, yes. I ain't mad at you for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't. But we didn't match. We did not match. (laughs) (laughs) So next question. Yes. What would Janet say was the worst job or chore that she ever had? And you put fame. I did. (laughs) You said cleaning the bathroom. Yes. Cleaning the bathroom, no matter what, is not nice. It's just not. It's not. It sucks. And so maybe. But the reason I said fame is because I really feel like every time she talks about fame, she can't go more than 30 seconds before telling us how much she hated it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I don't think fame was ever a role that she just like oh i need to audition she didn't like it and obviously we know now that she was going through a lot she was married to james and he was just putting her through it Mm -mm -mm. and she talks too about how some of the other cast members were not super kind to her and that's what irked me about that was when i found out that they were nice to her people forget how hard janet had to work to get to where she was at just because she had the Jackson name doesn't mean she wasn't talented and that she couldn't hold her own. I think you hit the nail on the head. I've, I've, and I wasn't there. I don't know. But I feel like a lot of it was maybe they felt like she didn't deserve to be there. Like she didn't earn it. She didn't start wearing toe shoes at the age of three. But she had more on the job training than anybody in the history of the world. Okay. Right. Like she's been on the stage singing and dancing since she was six years old. Right. So I think that was part of it too. But so once again, we did not match. <laughs> no, we didn't match. Because everybody know to clean the bathroom is not fun. It's not say that. Uh on you. Next question. So if Jenny could appear on a game show, which would she choose? So you said family feud yes and you said dancing with the star i did i did Why? so honestly at first i was gonna say family feud and then i was like i feel like janet ain't gonna be too fond of steve harvey why because she doesn't like to be embarrassed oh yes <laughs> and he's a fool true but on dancing with the stars that's gonna take a lot of her time and that's almost doing a tour in a week oh that would be nothing for janet jackson true but the reason i said dancing with the stars is because i was thinking about it because one of her interviews this week someone asked her who in the family would win dancing with the stars Mm -hmm. and she said reby i can believe it reby can get down there was a clip are you talking about the clip where she was dancing where they were dancing with linda carter no that's good too But there's a clip where she's doing like this jazz ballet type dancing. Oh, okay. With Michael. And it's so good. It's so good. Like if you just let yourself sink into it, you think you like watching like the Alvin Ailey company or something. Reby was actually had a hit and she was like, I don't like this. She just didn't care for the show business part of it. It didn't. Reby didn't have talent. She had talent. Yes. Listen, Centipede is still my jam. Still to this day. (laughs) I feel like it came out like 83 and still to this day. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One more. One more. And we still ain't matched. <laughs> no, um, it's not what we do here. <laughs> and We're going to have to rename this game. <laughs> like, can we find one in common ground? Okay. How would Janet answer when she's down? What makes Janet feel better? Uh, You said very specifically plain chips and dip. <laughs> Yes, they have to be plain ruffled potato chips and onion dip. And you said food. So do we match? I think we do. I do. I think we do. (laughs) 
Cabbage Patch. Cabbage this Patch. This has never Patch. happened. Cabbage Patch. Cabbage Patch. Cabbage but Patch. I do need to know why you were you so specific with plain Be- chips and dip. Because there's something about the, the saltiness of a plain potato chip dipped in French onion that brings joy to your life. This is not for you. This is for Janet. Janet would like them too. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it for us this week. On behalf of myself, Courtney Stribblin, and my cousin, Cousin Cam, we'd like to thank you for spending time with us. Look out for us on iTunes and YouTube at JJ Today Pod. That's JJ Today P-O-D. Talk to us on Twitter and Instagram. Same handle, at JJ Today Pod. Listen, like, subscribe, and share. Our intro and outro music Good For You by THBD is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Janet today, Janet tomorrow, Janet forever. <laughs>